Neil Breen has some serious baggage. This is Double Down on Stinker Madness. What's that smell? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Welcome to Stinger Madness, the podcast about bad movies by bad movie lovers for bad movie lovers. There's something on the wing, some thing. I'm your host, Justin. There's Sam and Jackie here looking at me like I'm not doing a very good job of impersonating William Shatner. No. You guys you could do it in the voicings of Neil Breen. Uh, There's someone out on the wing. <laughs> something out on the wing. Or Shatner as Neil Breen. Yeah. I've got to get this work done. <laughs> That'd be fun, too. Where are you? Uh, yeah. Boy, boy, yo, 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 yo. Okay, so uh, Neil Breen is back in his second appearance. His first, his directorial debut in Double Down from 2005. Uh, this is the second Neil Breen movie that we have seen after Faithful Findings, which was uh, one of our favorites. Uh, absolutely glorious bad movie. Uh, Double Down is similar, but different. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me to say this out loud. After seeing Fateful Findings, that I would come to the conclusion that that is a refinement of his technique. Yeah, it might be. Oh, uh, not might be. <laughs> Come on. It's the this same storyline. It isn't that, but it's just like, you didn't get as confused. He dials back the insanity in Faithful Findings, and that is saying something. <laughs> he saves the world with a magic rock. Right. And that's less insane. Indeed. He does have a magic rock in this one, too. So that, there's some themes here. And he's his childhood love. Yep, of course. And uh, that he is a super computer hacker and can do anything with I, some laptops that never get turned on. I actually have a list of his superpowers. Okay. Well, that's one of the well, things that I need to address at okay. some point in this film. When you're ready for it, though, I have that. I just don't see how we can... But, we're going to get to that yeah. fairly soon because we have to define what he is. The Neil Breen character. It, here's the fun thing. Did he at one point say his name? Yes. Okay. He said, and it sounded like Aaron Brown. Aaron. Okay. But it's not. Huh. According to the, the credits, it was something else. Okay. Because he just references himself in the third person constantly, or I mean in the first person constantly, never really has any dialogue with anybody establishing no. anything that, that his, is his backstory. He just narrates the entire fucking thing. I used to do this. I used to do that. Now and he repeats I can, himself several times. I can do this. I can do that. And that's all that you're brought forth about this character other than what's on the screen which is that he appears to just be a homeless man 
he's taken the mammoth speak to a new level. <laughs> it's dialogue that is so inspecific that it doesn't actually work. It doesn't function any longer. No one in the movie ever gets called by their name. Right. But apparently, because we saw the credit list at the end, they all had names. Uh-huh. Yeah, he says his name is Aaron Brown, but apparently it's Aaron Brand. Aaron Brand. Aaron Brand. Okay, all right. That's his... Huh. Uh, wow. Uh, we should mention before we get too much further that this is Jackie's pick uh, based off of a listener suggestion that we got, uh, a fan pick that uh, was also provided to us. The film was provided to us by our good listener, Jack B, who was like, oh, you guys got to get double down. So he uh, was able to uh, get a copy of it over to us. So thanks, Jack. Um, and thanks, Jack, he for making this her choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... There's a. It's a, this is a pile of movie. It does appear to be just pieces of like like like. Did you ever hear of uh, Einstein? And it may be just an urban legend, uh, like Picasso writing his name on something and selling for ten million dollars. But that Einstein used to go out and uh, get lost in his walks, and, and like that scene in Naked Gun, he just walk and walk and walk, and then be like, "And where the hell am I?" Yeah. Uh, but he would also take notes on just random science stuff, you know, uh, whatever he he had floating around in his head. And then he would try to compile it later and was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I used to leave these post-it notes all over. Mm -hmm. I quit getting post-it notes because I'll do it still. I like, I need to remember this. And I write it into this like sort of odd shorthand that I come up with at the time. But then, like, 30 minutes later, I have no idea what it means. Are you comparing yourself to Einstein? No, I'm just saying that my house used to be covered in post-it notes that said shit that made no sense. I think you're comparing yourself to Einstein. I think He, he probably used notebooks. Like, post-it notes aren't really the same caliber. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> the, like, the medium of your of your randomness is, uh, is, is what separates he's you He's probably from... <laughs> got, like, a whole paragraph where I just, like, have these post-it notes that, like, say things like, remember duck butter. And you're like... <laughs> Why would I? Why would I write that down? That's, those only three words. They don't. They don't work together. Uh, yeah, it, none of it, it. seems to be like he just wanted to say stuff on a Tuesday about X. Like sure. I don't like the government on Tuesday, and the Wednesday he's like, you know what? I don't really feel safe about our computer systems. In the world. So I'll write that down. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, oh, uh, Thursday is I Sure Like Rocks. And yeah. then put those all together and made a movie. Yeah, there was. Well, a you have to remember that, like, one day he was like, I love you. We'll be together forever, even in death. Oh, I think that that's just his underlying, like, thing. Like, every single thing that goes on in Neil Breen's life and in his writing mind he may not even be aware that he's doing it, but is just like this fantasy about love and true love. And that, that you always, whoever falls in love with Neil Breen is going to be the one for the rest of eternity. And, and, and like the stars align. And that's just, that's not Tuesday. That's every day. And you take your shirts off and hug, and it's hot Right. Shit. Which he doesn't really do in this film, but we will get into a sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> that is confusing. Uh, Sam, uh, you try your best 
to find out anything about Neil Breen and and uh, the way he makes films. What did you find anything about Double Dare? There's really not much to find out. You you can give it as much as you can know about this film as just from the eye test. Like, what did you notice about the way it was shot on film? Mm-hmm. So you're figuring he had to even if he was, some of these shots are kind of long. So even if he's rounding up tail bits, they spent some money on this. Right, where that came from, God knows. Yeah. Now he seems to do crowdfunding for his projects. I'm sure he doesn't usually spend much more than a hundred thousand, but this one here hadn't had been shot completely on film, so there was some processing costs associated with it. They may have spent fifty thousand dollars on this, and we and we shouldn't fail to mention because we're not going to get into it in the when we, we recap the events, but. Uh, w- 25% of this film is stock, stock shots. shots. I feel like he knows somebody from a TV station and they have got stock shots and sellout music and they probably didn't pay for them. I don't. Yeah. I think they snuck these out the back door. Yeah. I don't think anybody missed it. <laughs> uh, let, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, this looks like NASA. Like they're building a rocket right here. And then we're going to cut to a bunch of dead fish on the shore. Here's what happens. Some guy runs in with uh, like like a big pamphlet into the uh, copyright office one day. I've got the case. I've got it. We're going to get this bastard, the copyright infringement son of a bitch. And then they watch Double Down. And they're like, you know what? I think we can let him have it this yeah. one. <laughs> I don't really care that he didn't pay for it. Uh, it will be fine. <laughs> I would also venture to guess and give it like a 95% that the majority of the narration was written after they got done shooting. Uh, okay. Why would you say that? Because the scenes with dialogue are completely indescript. The only thing that seems to have been pieced together beforehand was the love story, and then just the basic idea that he was this spy. But in reality, it's just him wandering. Half the shots are him just wandering around in the dirt. Right. So you can just like, oh, well, we'll get... We won't be able to say anything over the top. We'll get me doing this. We'll get me doing that. And then I'll decide exactly what I'm going to say later. Okay. And it's not an uncommon thing, especially early in filmmaking, like early in the uh, career of uh, an aspiring filmmaker. So, uh-huh. uh, especially one that hasn't had any training. It's uh, very common. Like when I, before I took classes or anything, that's how I used to try to do it. it was like, we're going to just get these shots and then we'll just piece it together. And you're like, I really should have wrote some shit down <laughs> before I shot. I'm, I'm learning something right now that screenplays are a big deal. Uh, we don't need no stinking screenplays. Exactly. No, I shot a number I of am things. an auteur. I shot a number of things with fucking like just two pages of scribbled notes that ended up okay just because I fucking hacked it together in post-production real nice. But this one reeks of like, uh, yeah, just get me doing this. Get me doing that. Well, it'll, it'll be great. And then... Afterwards, it's like we're gonna need to find a shitload of stock shots, and I'm gonna go into the other room. And I'm gonna go to the other room and make up a bunch of shit. <laughs> Just make up a bunch of shit that doesn't make any sense. Uh, that's a very fine theory. I also think that he picked Las Vegas like at the last minute. Just so that he would get, he would have all of this time to fill with the Las Vegas stock shot. I thought we established that he, he lives, is, lives in Las Vegas. Yeah, he's a, from he's Faithful a Findings, longtime resident and possible architect in Las Vegas, Nevada, or possible mental asylum escapee. We just I, don't know. I feel like he'd have to, especially with this one being shot on film. I feel like he has to have a job that affords him enough extra cash that he probably put 25 G's of his own money into this. Right, right, right. We That's that's our theory uh, that he's not an escaped mental patient, but uh, we have zero concrete evidence, evidence to say in one direction or the other. No. Yeah. 
The only, I also think. Oh, go ahead, Sam. The only thing he's got a crowdfunding video up right now for his next film, uh, which you know maybe go maybe go ahead and donate five bucks to it. But you can watch the video, and about everything that is known about Neil Breen comes from that video. Mm. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that if you were in love with Neil Breen mm-hmm. and you were his girlfriend, that mm-hmm. you would ever go to Pound Town. It would probably be all like sweet, sweet love making, all smooth jazz type. And then but take he would their shirts ne- off and hug? No, he would never pound you out. Oh, like he would never, he, he is incapable of rogering someone. Yeah, other than, oh baby, smooth jazz. Mm. Rose petals. Yeah. Boys to men music playing in the background. Yeah, that's him. Okay, all right. It would never be like, hey, just fuck me as hard as you can. I I don't think he could do it. Okay, all right. That's an interesting uh, take that nobody asked for, but uh, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, we're making up stuff to... about Neil Breen. That's what I think. Now yeah. I have to get that out of my mind. Uh, so. Neil, if you're listening and you think Jackie's an asshole, and you're like, "Oh, I pound that shit. <laughs> I hit it like a freight train." <laughs> Email us at talk at stinkermadness dot com. Right. Or us. if you have been pounded by Neil Breen, <laughs> yes, and and you want to share, we yeah. actually want to hear from you, you more. More like you. <laughs> A pound town would be an exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's dive into this. (coughs) So as we mentioned, the most of the majority of the film is Neil Breen hanging out on some rocks. Yeah. uh, Out in the Las Vegas desert. We were foolish and made a skeleton count when we should have made a how many times does Neil Breen wake up under his car count? Right. That Uh, would have been in the 30s probably. His character, and here's where we can get into uh, what he is and what sure. his powers are. He, I'm going to go ahead and start with what my guess is that he is an ex-CIA agent who is a mercenary for hire from the U.S. government now. He's a freelancer now. Uh, but he's also a computer hacker. Yes. And he controls all the information in the world. Uh, yeah. He can get into any system, uh, the satellites, comms, yeah. uh, missile defense. And he, like, no, do it like Neil Breen. What? Satellites, comms, missile defense, satellites, <laughs> right. banks, banks, phones. <laughs> Missile defense. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta say Satellites. like. Yeah, you gotta throw like the same thing in at least twice. Uh, because he was so well trained and so awesome to begin with that he just decided to also be the most powerful man on the planet. Yeah. Well, he just was the most powerful man on the planet. He's like, I should, you know, do more with this. And get implants cybernetically as well. Yeah, he's also a fucking cyborg. I have the actual, in his words, the way they listen. Some, uh, the worstmoviesevermade.com compiled his list of superhero traits in the words that he used to describe himself. Okay. All yeah. right. So he is a double agent terrorist mercenary. Okay. Double agent. Let's break that, that down for a second. I have to wrap my brain around. Double agent terrorist mercenary. Yes. So is he... He's working both sides, so he's good and bad once. Uh-huh. Then he's a terrorist on the side of that, and then he's a mercenary on the side of that. Oh, so it's double agent, comma, terrorist, comma, mercenary. mercenary. Okay, I thought that was all one term. 
And meanwhile, we know from a fa- for a fact that he's also an assassin because he does some of that, even though he himself doesn't say that. Uh, he does say that he, he is a secret assassin okay. of white collar criminals. Yeah. yeah, and we see he gets the blood splattered in his face, and then we see the hand in the rocks. Right. Yeah. He'll bury he'll bury a guy out in the desert if if uh, if he's the CEO of Enron. I'm talking to you, Ken Star. Ken. No, Ken Star was the guy that prosecuted Clinton. Uh, Ken, I don't remember. They're all dickheads. They're all rich again too. Oh, good. No, one of them died. Oh, uh, yeah, that son of a bitch. The the CEO did die in prison. Mm. Well, uh, Aaron Brandt then also this is his list of powers. He controls access to the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. The National Geospatial what? The National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. The National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Yes. <laughs> he controls access. And he doesn't control it or control the information. He controls access to it. Right. So he's beyond, he'd be able to hack into other things. He's like, nope, you don't get into the National Geospatial right. Intelligence Agency. You show up. You I got have your access. little passcode. You've got your name tag. Yeah. And you get to that little checkpoint with the with the gate that raises up, and there you're like, "Is Neil gonna let me in today?" I don't think he is. Yeah, and he doesn't even have like a guy out there. It's just like a, it's like one of those automated bears from <laughs> Disneyland that just fucking the nose starts beeping red and it shakes its head. You're like, "Nope, not today." <laughs> God damn it! When am I gonna go to work? Uh, <laughs> Got to get this work done. Got to get it done. Uh, his little setup is simple but brilliant, and everything will out. <laughs> And it allows him to control anything and everything. Correct. He makes millions of dollars working for other countries on covert assignments, but then gives the money away to children's charities. <laughs> See, so he's not a total dick. Uh, he yeah. even supports uh, supports victims of natural disasters like Katrina. Right, right. That was fresh on the fresh on the docket when he made this. Yep. Mm-hmm. He has bioelectrical medical implants to assist him in carrying out his attacks. So he's not like, he's like Neo. He isn't naturally just a good computer hacker. He gets these bio implants and that means that he could, his fingers control computers. No, I think he's like Lee majors. He's like uh, the $6 million man. Uh Mm. So he's bionic basically. Right. But what, what power does that give him that he uses? His fingers don't get tired. Punches dudes. (laughs) He doesn't punch a dude here. No, but he pretends like he's going to. Right. I don't think that those ever come into play, his cybernetic implants. They do not. He kills white-collar criminals, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. because the fields are filled with the fields uh-huh. are filled with their bodies. There are no fields outside of Las Vegas. <laughs> right. I, it, by no stretch of the imagination do you call that sort of land fields. Uh, maybe he means the like he's sending them to the to the fields of Pelennor, like you know, sure. like Valhalla or something, or for, for white collar criminals. Yeah, or like when uh, uh, Russell Crowe walks through the grass and finds his uh, wife in Gladiator. That's the fields that you go to uh, when you when you have been murdered by an assassin. It was called Marlago. Oh, oh, hey. oh, oh! Actually, I don't get it. <laughs> White collar criminal Goes purgatory to... would be Marlago. Oh, okay. I guess it yeah. was a reach. It was a reach. No, I think that's where they want to go, though. Oh, so they it, used yeah. to not want to go. That thing was going bankrupt in a fucking hot minute until the goddamn guy got elected president. Well, now you got now pay... he forces people to go there. Right. It's the only reason and it's pay him a hundred thousand dollars to uh, get through the front door. 
He eats tuna out of the can and lives in his car. <laughs> right. <laughs> he can tap into any secret system using his computer, phones, and satellites. Hell, I invented half the systems. The secret systems. The secret systems. He has all this power, and yet he's so alone. Ugh. He's so depressed. I hope that's on there. Yeah, well, he just has, like, he keeps saying I'm so alone. Uh, despite all of his other things going on, he's also a bioterrorist. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, seems in conflict with uh, everything else he's doing. Uh-huh. He's just constantly getting these giant bags of anthrax and rubbing them on people's arms. Like, oh uh, yeah, we'll we'll get it. Um, in case you're wondering how he's able to operate so wonderfully without being attacked by other agencies and other armies or secret agents, it's because he's invented an invisible shield for himself. Mm-hmm. The shield kills anybody that walks too close to it, but he's perfectly fine inside of it. That is correct. Yes. He can apparently talk to any world leader whenever he wants. <laughs> Just picks up his phone, <laughs> opens it, and then starts talking, and then world leader is on the other end, doesn't even dial. It's like the he calls the bat phone, the red phone in sure. the president's office. It's only He's got four of them. Right. They're all... The free Samsung flip phones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he can fight wars using his electronic satellite and computer skills, but he's already mentioned that. You're right. And we should mention his computer s- setup, at least, which is attaching two DirecTV satellite dishes to the back of his Mercedes out of the trunk, and then he's got two laptops, at least, at Four. minimum. At <laughs> minimum, there's two. Uh, er, in, yeah. in, from scene to scene. Uh, at most, he has four at one time. A couple flip phones. I think I've seen... I thought usually there's two flip phones, but I feel like I saw a third in the shot once. Yeah, in the climax he had when he was like, this is a conference call. Right. He's got three uh, cell phones in his No, hands. you just have three cell phones going <laughs> at once. That's not a conference call. Uh, and to work the systems, the secret systems, sure. that he wrote half of them uh he just gets a crescent wrench and jimmy's around on the satellite dishes and i guess that causes his laptops to hit the satellite uplink yeah okay (laughs) he also has two guns that sort of float around the setup and right go in and out of the front of his pants while he's slapping keys and with constant uh tuna cans everywhere oh yeah like this guy loves tuna (laughs) so much He's got an entire crate of it next to his satellite dishes. It's like... Do you think that's symbolic? Well, it's it almost implies that it's like spinach for Popeye. Like, yeah, well, time to hack some government systems. No. Eat some tuna fish and get brain powers. Oh, you're just thinking tuna, it's vagina. Yeah. Because you're three. Uh, no. Or he's got mercury poisoning and leads well, that, to his insanity that could he's only I, eating oh, tuna that's the rational right there that i like yeah god damn it that is rational because <laughs> you see him Shit. like there's the shot of a tuna can empty and then one empty miller light and then he's passed out face down underneath his car like, you may have just figured this entire movie out right there sam this may actually be one coherent film and nobody has gotten it until right now. It has right a now. message. You yeah. have to eat other things. <laughs> right, you if you only eat tuna, eat you tuna will <laughs> eventually get mercury poisoning. This will be you. You yep. will be nutty. You will be sending signals out in the desert. Hell, it killed, uh, what's her name? 
I don't know who's what's her name. I know that uh, I used to go to rehab, but now I'm not. I don't think that was the mercury poisoning. What was her name? No, that was uh, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, Amy Winehouse, and she died of heroin yeah, overdose. Yeah, but before then, uh, she uh, she had mercury poisoning. Uh, Lisa Loeb got it from the. Oh, maybe I'm thinking Lisa Loeb. But and it took her six months to get back to normal. It was a real bad deal. Yeah, but yeah, she was eating sushi every day. Got mercury poisoning. Basically, was mentally vacant. Didn't know who she was for six months. Started chewing her ears and uh, trying to grab her elbows. I don't know about that, but okay. uh, yeah. bad deal. And bad made deal. A, made a film about being a secret agent uh-huh. uh, uh, that was played by Neil Breen. It's all a big conspiracy. She's got a different one where she's a secret agent cat. <laughs> but she also eats only tuna and lives in her car. Right. And he keeps just going on and on and on occasionally, sporadically, about his lost love. This woman that he grew up with from when he was seven years old, uh, they stayed dating all the way till his middle age period. I don't think he looks middle aged. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's the oh, thing. you decided to marry her when you're like sixty. You think he's sixty years old? He is now. Yeah. In this movie, he's like barely over fifty. He's he's over middle age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, we should know from the level of narcissism in these films that he's obviously like, I'm Aaron Brand, the youngest PhD ever at the CIA. <laughs> right. I'm twenty six years old. And you're like, ah no. And please put your shirt back on. <laughs> He's got a really good ass, though, for a 50-something-year-old. What did you just say? Are you crazy? I, it, was, it wasn't hairy, and it wasn't saggy. So he, it was pretty good bun set. Waxes his ass. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no Sylvester Stallone butt, but, you know, for when you look at his upper torso and you're like, oh, God, I hope there's no butt scene in this, and then you get to it and you're like, well, I mm, it's better than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Nobody has ever said that in the history of man, Jackie. I was pleasantly hey, Neil, surprised. When you took your pants off, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was yeah. going to be. <laughs> I think that he is as oddly shaped, Jackie, as Tommy Weasel. Like, they're both, are you people? I I mean, he's not going to get on the hot cross buns list by any means. <laughs> He's no John Claude Van Damme buns. Well, uh, walnuts. <laughs> Breaking walnuts with those buns. No, this one would be lucky to crush a hot dog bun. But <laughs> <laughs> why would you? <laughs> All right, bun. squeeze them together, Neil. It's kind of flat. <laughs> it's a metaphor for buns and buns. Buns and buns. Yeah, it's like, whoa. <laughs> the message inside the message. <laughs> so he <coughs> he's in love with this woman. Who's who's not with him anymore? Uh, the government took that away from him, or they took that they, away from her, yeah. him. And he just wants to have a simple life because after all this, he says deep down. Well, he tries to say deep down, he's just a simple man. He's just an everyday kind of guy. If who it wasn't, is a cyborg that lives in the desert and can control anything and everything whenever he wants. Just a normal guy. Just an average guy. He likes uh, he likes potato chips and uh, the football and murdering white collar uh, yeah. criminals. But he just wants to be like everybody else because he is like everybody else. But he can't be because of a mercury poisoning. And B, because he's too deep into his own 
it seems as if he's actually whatever he's doing controlling the world from his car right using trash so what happens if he stops do we all like the whole thing go it's going down baby well frank's never going to get into work oh oh wait uh the national geospatial intelligence agency yeah yeah no he's the one he will never get in (laughs) Uh, or maybe that will open up the door. I don't know. Like, what's what? What is he even doing? He doesn't do anything good through the whole. Like, it, he talks about doing good things, and then I guess they get into that anthrax deal gone wrong. He's it's maybe like a good thing, but for the most part, he's just a terrorist. He is a just a terrorist because his next action after all this dialogue is he takes. Whatever I, I guess we're supposed to believe it's anthrax. Well, yeah. Whatever his new bio weapon is that he's created out of the back of his car uh, to Lake Mead of Just all places dumps it in uh, that uh, feeds all of the water into uh, Las Vegas and L.A. and uh, like, well, I'll just test this new bio weapon here and these fishes. He poisons the world's water supply. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it was that good. I mean, it only killed like six fish. Yeah, in that one small stretch of land, Jackie. In like the first 10 seconds. Yeah. I so think I think it got bad. I think things go poorly here for man. Mm. Once that goes through the dam, there's no stopping it. I don't think he would poach in the, the tuna supply. <laughs> it probably only affects like trash fish you the, know the poison is in the tuna supply already jackie that's what the whole movie's about mercury don't correct me <laughs> all i've eaten is tuna fish today yeah. right <laughs> the last every day <laughs> stop looking at me swan so i uh, he's like this won't kill i'll just test this here but yeah no it, it's gonna kill everybody that's how water works buddy i also like in this particular shot that he keeps cutting back to somebody's fish tank uh-huh. so that they, we could see the fish underwater. Yeah, like, oh, uh-oh, I can see poison coming. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really, it really brought some depth into the scene. Then he goes on a memory trip about his lost love, of course, uh, which is just him repeating visually what, what's already been uh, uh, exposed. Sure. But I do want to make reference to this one because it cuts to... What I think is a pup tent that's not set up. It's, it's by having looked at it over and over again, it is. It's an old green pup tent uh-huh. meant to look like a body bag. Oh, it's supposed to be a body bag. Yeah. Okay, well, in this sequence, the body bag is moving around like there's someone inside of it yeah. that is alive. Well, in this sequence, it makes you think that he's decided to get a sleeping bag for his camping, finally. Right, that's what I... He's tired of waking up under the car in a tank top. Right, and I thought that because he's tripping balls about his old wife and, like, thinking about her, that uh, I think he was jerking it in there. Why not? But then we get some information later that makes me really question what's going on here. Because... Hallucinations brought on by mercury poison. Right, right, right. Or, but maybe he did some things. Uh, so some guy pulls up to his homeless camp by the rocks in his uh-huh. car. He's also driving a Mercedes, we should mention. Uh, and runs over Neil Breen's boots. And yeah. 
then nothing happens. Who is that guy? That's the gray-haired guy that it's like we found him. He, Maybe I don't know. That's unclear because it doesn't. He's not until the next scene. So like the car just shows up and then leaves, and then you're at the next scene, and he goes into town, and there's the Luxor, and he's like, "I'm here," and the other guy's like, "He's here, but he's not close." We may be able to get him. So you're thinking that this shot of a car pulling up and running over Neil Breen's boots is inferring that uh, that the gray-haired CIA guy, we'll just say he's with the CIA, we sure. don't know who he is, uh, goes to Neil Breen and says, hey, uh, we need to talk. Why don't you meet me by the Luxor where we can talk in private since we're in the desert? And we can already talk right now. But I don't want to. But he couldn't find him because Neil Breen had taken his boots off and you know what that means. I don't. I don't either no. because it's the only scene where he's not wearing the fucking boots and he's not in it. Uh, all right. That's boggling. Uh, we're about to get more boggling because sure. before they get a chance to uh, finish their conversation, Neil Breen once again flashes back to the day his fiance was murdered. They're in a pool. Yep. She doesn't want to show her boobs to the camera. She. He is buck ass naked. Yeah, and he's pretty much just junk rubbing her leg. And she has got a flesh-colored bikini thong on. Uh-huh. I think that we're supposed to think she is also fully naked. Yeah, but she, she didn't, didn't want to do that. And then she got in the pool, and she's like, holy shit, that man is naked. But let's think about this also a little logically. Is there any reason that they should be naked in this pool? It is a, uh, looks like a hotel's pool. This is, uh... Filmmaking turned into sexual harassment. Right. Again, he just wanted to be, be naked, naked with, with a woman right. on screen. Ooh, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, no, it's gross. And she she doesn't want to show her boobs. No. Even though she's topless, which is fine. Which, I mean, at the same time, though, like, when you're in this position making the movie, uh-huh. you say, fuck it, we're shooting him in swimsuits. Right, absolutely. It's going to fucking go faster, easier. She's going to be turned awkwardly the entire fucking time. Fuck it. It doesn't help the scene at all. Let's shoot it in swimsuits. If you are making a movie, you would do that, but he is not making a movie. He is making his wiener go onto a lady's leg. <laughs> yeah. And so he can feel her boobs. Yeah, you can see it floating around in the scene. It's This is sexual harassment It's and assault. Like, he's not making a scene right here. He is getting his dinger <laughs> on somebody. Yeah. That's <laughs> not even on like. Somebody. Oh, that's because if you. Yeah. If you talk successfully, you talk the way the actress into relationship, you don't have this scene, right? right? <laughs> this is the no, she doesn't want to go out with me, but she will be in a movie. Guess what? You just. You signed the paper and now my wiener's on you. <laughs> Which should be illegal. <laughs> yeah, it should. it should be illegal. It really, really should. Uh, so she, he's like, will you marry me? Yes, of course. Blam. She gets shot in the back by somebody. Somebody holding one of those laser pens. Right. Uh, I guess the government shot her. Anyone? He's the enemy of every man. I guess so. Uh, and then she floats away, face down in the pool, gunshot wound in her back that's barely bleeding. He has gotten a flower that was in the pool. It's covered in blood. 
Uh, his hands are covered in blood. Like, he is messy. He gets some on his face just to have some there. Right. Yeah. She's barely bleeding. <laughs> There's nothing on yeah. her. And then he floats face down in he the pool next to her. <laughs> gets mopey. And he's like, I'm with you, babe. And then he face downs, but then he puts his arm around her. Right. And then his balls are showing. His balls are showing. Not just a little bit. It is a lot of ball showing. Neil, Neil, your balls are showing. He's like, that's okay. Just keep rolling the shot. Uh, It doesn't matter that you keep rolling the shot. He is the one that has to edit it later. And he's like, give her my balls. I I got the shot. You set the whole thing up. And if he's like, if you're the post-production guy with him, you're like, He's like, my balls are so like, <laughs> of course they are. I thought that this was titled, the scene was called, here's my balls. Because there's no way, the only reason you do this is to be like, here's my balls. <laughs> this, this scene's really going to make this movie, the, the viewer is going to have an emotional connection with this character. They're going to feel sympathy for his wife's death right in front of him on the day that she he proposed to her tragic no, all we can see are your balls, Neil. Yeah, like, <laughs> the one thing that will will stick with you when you watch this movie forever, like the other Meal Brain movies have their own things that will stick with you, I'm sure. But the one thing that will remain with you, because this is such a confusing mess, is that he just does this like arm around, face down, <laughs> non-hug, dead body ball thing. And you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> And why did you go to such great lengths to show people your balls? <laughs> Weirdo. Uh, he wakes up from this dream next to his car, face down in the dirt, with Help Me written in blood on the side of it. Whose blood is that? I also wondered that. And well, who, I mean, wouldn't anybody who got close to him be killed by the force field? Yes. Right. So does he have a dead lady in his trunk? No, he's got mostly cans of tuna in his trunk. And he is not injured. No, but we do see later, way later, he pulls this thing out of his arm. Okay. And then he's like, I don't need this anymore. And then he wakes up and he's got the help me thing written. Like, he's been doing, he's been removing his implants, maybe. <sighs> and then scribbling in his own blood. So it, your, th- your theory is it's his own. We just He yeah. just didn't shoot it very well. To establish that he is cut. It's unclear, yeah. All right. All right. I thought he was just killing randos. Uh, he's going to pull a job into Las Vegas. or he, he pulls up into Las Vegas, and he's like, all these people enjoying themselves. Too bad they don't even know I'm going to end it all. So he's got a plot sure. to do something horrible to Las Vegas. Even though he already poisoned their water supply. Right, uh, because of, I don't know. Well, didn't he say at the very beginning that he was going to shut Las Vegas Strip down for two months? Uh, yes. Okay, what's that going to do? I don't know. And even if he's successful, what uh, what's his motivation? Like, like I, I mean, you know, we, we can debate what goes through the mind of a fucking terrorist, but usually they one, have a goal. One that's completely suffering dementia 
from mercury poisoning. Right. I just That's think- the double down. Terrorist mercury poisoning. Double down. Okay. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, there'd be no way to predict his movements. If you went to the FBI and like they have all the profilers and like, this is what we know about this guy. He's uh-huh. a terrorist. Uh-huh. And he's got mercury poison. They're like, fuck, we're never going to catch him. Oh, boy. <laughs> you might not need to catch him. There's a real good chance we won't need to. But uh, if we have to, ooh, going to be real hard to predict his movements. <laughs> That's the old double down. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is the one we've been afraid of. Pull the, pull the handle. <laughs> double down. <laughs> It's like a it's like a prices right machine yeah. when you get a exactly double down. <laughs> and then like the one guy that always hides from work shows up and like Steve what are you doing he's like I thought there was cake when you pulled the lever <laughs> nope confetti shoots up he in just, the air just confirmed that you're a work hider you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> how did I even get in here today Neil Breen wouldn't let me in <laughs> damn goddamn bear <laughs> so he meets the CIA guy by the Luxor. And he, this guy's like, the guy is near. He's a bioterrorist. He's going to, you got to go find him, sort of. But he doesn't. And is he talking about him then? I don't think so. I think that there's another bioterrorist, and he's like, go catch him. This I... is what you do, buddy. Because he, he doesn't. I think that that's part of the double agent business is that, the CIA guy doesn't know that he's playing both sides. I think he does. Oh, boy. I think he does at the end. I'm not sure when so does, that gets established. All right, we'll get there. Does this finally, like, 10 scenes later when they have the anthrax deal, quote unquote? No, nope, nope. We'll, get, right. we'll get there. So, I, uh, yeah, but I, uh, he's a terrorist. He's established that he's a bioterrorist. And now this guy's like, catch the bioterrorist. So I could easily understand the, 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 like, the, Anybody could be confused and be like, catch yourself. We're looking for a bioterrorist. We just don't know that it's you. But something happens later, which makes me go, huh, that's not the case. Anyway, he wakes up next to under his car in the dirt again. He uh, gets the directions because he calls. He opens up his cell phone and is like, oh, okay, I've got directions now. So he's going to prepare for his attack on Las Vegas by creating diversion. Yes. Which do what? Other do, than divert. Did they ever materialize? Some of them do, yeah. Well, these are the stock shots? Yes. So the fountain doing the fountain thing normally is a diversion? I don't know. Because that's what it is. It's like, oh, there's a guy getting in an ambulance. Like, oh, he's caused some problems there. And then there's like, here's some animals at the zoo. This is a fountain doing its own thing. This is Africa. Yeah, there's a shot of Africa. And birds flying. Right, but... It's not a diversion. Aside from his poor choice in stock images, what's the diversion? What does that do? Like, uh, You know what? I take it back. The fountain was pretty cool. That's a good diversion. <laughs> people are There's people all around it going, whoa, look at the fountain. Look over here. Look yeah, over they here. didn't see what he was doing. Yeah, they were he, paying attention to that he, cool fountain. He. It's not just in Las Vegas that these diversions take place. They're all over the world yeah. that he's setting up diversions. Yeah, he, yeah. For what? Tokyo does not give a shit about Las Vegas. Is he diverting the attention of the Geo National Geospatial Intelligence Agency away from his, his forthcoming f- of, uh, attack? I guess, even though he has 
the lone ability to determine who has access right. to the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Correct. They'll never see me coming. Of course they won't see you coming. You control all the information. You put a bear in front of the door and no <laughs> one can get in. Uh, and then he, uh, in another one of his walking around rocks scenes, he walks up to an old man who's sitting in the rocks who he points a gun at and then walks around some rocks rather than just walking up to the guy who then stands up and falls down and bonks his head and is dead. He doesn't even, you're giving the actor too much credit. He like goes part of the way down like he's gingerly sitting uh -huh. and then sort of turns his body and goes, ah, <laughs> and then it cuts to brain going, who's that guy? And then it cuts back and he's dead or not. And he gives him some pyrite in his dying breath. Like, yeah. You're the one. He gives Here's him a, some pyrite. Here's a magic rock. What's with the magic rocks, Neil? This one doesn't do shit. It does. Oh? It does several things. Okay. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> this this episode should just be called, We'll Get to we'll That. We'll get to that. <laughs> well, it, it, we won't, because we'll get to the end of this movie, and then you'll be like, oh, only question. We didn't get to anything. They didn't answer one thing. And Neil Breen, after this guy dies, is like, He's my spirit bald eagle. I'm his spirit bald eagle. So his spirit animal is an is an old guy who is supposed to be a bald eagle. Maybe maybe he's like, oh, my spirit, because I'm a soul warrior that's trying to defend America, but also a murdering son of a bitch. I'll just I'll get a fish. I'll get that tuna fish, and I will gobble it up, and like a bald eagle. So therefore, a bald eagle is my spirit animal but I can't have a bald eagle deliver lines huh. on on screen, uh, so I'll get to be represented by a balding man. Uh, this maybe is it a, was... This is, he is a bald eagle, just played by an old guy. <laughs> huh. What if he's Howard Hughes? <laughs> oh, he finally got out. He finally came downstairs and was like, I have to use the restroom. Right? Never comes back. Well, that's all I've... There's been several stories that... Howard Hughes wandered the desert and gave various people the will. <laughs> I mean, he thinks it's a magic rock, but he's actually richer than shit. <laughs> it is supposed to be gold. I'm, I, you know, it's fool's gold. Even obviously. if it's gold, it's like uh, raw, or that's like an ounce and a half of gold. Right. It's not. It's not very much of pure gold, but I. And then he sees his dead parents by the lake, and I think they're supposed to be angels? No, they're really just his dead parents because he killed them when he poisoned the water supply. <laughs> yeah, they were vacationing across the way. He, like, tossed that in, and he looks up, and his dad's just, like, whole head is in the water drinking it. <laughs> and he gets up, and he's like, oh, hey, son. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Where's your mom? She's just swimming around drinking the water. Oh. That's what we all do as humans when we go swimming is we drink as much of the water that we're swimming in as we can because it's not gross. The fish pee water. Yeah, fish pee water. Maybe they have mercury poisoning too. Yeah. You got mercury poisoning yet? We're working on it. 
I've just been sucking on the side of this fish. What's that white shit? Is that the anthrax? Oh, God damn it. Are you guys okay? Is heaven cool? <laughs> They're like, we're at peace, son. Bye. <laughs> and then his mom's like, come with us. And then he's like, he just stands there, looks like an idiot. Right. On the screen for about three seconds, and then we're somewhere else. Yeah, we're somewhere else. We're at dinner with the dinner party <laughs> with his friends. Yeah. I think this is the CIA, it's the CIA guy. It's young CIA guy. He, he gets invited to dinner with his family. And then the young CIA guy says, this is my daughter. He's like, oh, you're sweet. And she's like, she's got brain cancer. How <laughs> oh, do you feel now, Neil Brain? You, you got that way too dramatic. Oh, yeah, we found out yesterday she's been diagnosed with brain cancer. And then Neil Brain goes, oh, no. It <laughs> <laughs> was almost, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was almost, oh, no. But, yeah, oh, boy. This is the line of the movie for me. <laughs> oh, no. It's not even, I can't even do it <laughs> as bad. He can't even do it. He, he does it so shitty, like, all right, time for full emotional intensity. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so he's like, okay, little girl, come here. You got me a glass of water, so you deserve to live. By the power of magic, <laughs> magic rock, rock, I cure your brain cancer. And they're like, awesome, cool. He's like, I can't believe that worked. If only I could bring my dead wife back, because I'm so alone. I want you here with me. You're with me when I'm dreaming, but when I wake, I'm so alone. I'll bring you back. So I had a hard, like, with this scene, the way that the editing worked, where it kept cutting back and forth between the little girl uh-huh. and the dead wife... I was like, oh, no, this is going in a terrible place. I thought he was going to use the magic rock to put his dead wife's spirit in the little girl. Ooh, no, the little girl is the physical representation of his childhood love. Well, no, the daughter of the CIA guy. That's not the same kid. Oh, good Lord. I couldn't tell the difference between the kids. (laughs) Probably was the same kid. I think it was the same kid in a different thing. They just gave him, yeah, different outfit, different hairstyle. Well, here's where I think the film gets a little little, uh, little worse than the pool scene uh, for me because he, at this point in time, we're shown that there is something inside the pup tent. A body. Yeah, some hair sticking out. Or mm-hmm. sometimes it's a skeleton, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the corpse of his dead fiance. Yeah. He's just carrying it around. And at some point, he was flashing back, thinking of her in what seemed like the pup tent was awful busy inside. It was rocking, don't come and knocking. He is a necrophilia. He was humping the shit out of a dead body. Yep. All right. Mm. Jackie, can you, do you object to that or? I don't think so. Okay. What because do you... he goes to a gravesite later. That's what, that, Those were his parents. Those were his parents' graves. I pr- 100% promise you. I thought that was her grave. No, it's set up like it was supposed to be her. Or I mean, like I, I went into that scene thinking that it was her. And then as he's exiting, he says, bye, mom and dad. So that was his parents' grave. He is carrying, either way, he's carrying a body around in the back of the car. And 
He has had sex with it. At some point, he climbed into it and started thinking about his dead wife, and it started jumping all around. Whoever's body that is has been violated. Okay, now I I cannot agree with that. (laughs) Disagree with this theory. I just... Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, He meets some new guys in a parking lot, and some grocery lady bumps into his car she's one of the other she's on the other side she's what? she's a spy i'm how was he and who when well, she's like and... a really good one too because she is able to plant a bug on his car with a like, shopping cart with a shopping cart so uh like wow nonchalant she stares at him walks it straight into his fucking car uh-huh says oh, i'm sorry <laughs> Oh, that's oh. A, that's okay. And then there's this giant fucking white thing stuck there when she leaves. Like, wow, that's some good spy in there, lady. And then there's another lady like across the parking lot with a JVC camera filming this entire sure. transaction. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we want you to kill a guy. And he's like, oh, okay, let me give you a lecture for a little bit about the world and stuff. But then the lady with the JVC camera just gets shot in the head and she's dead. And that's yep. all there is to that whole sequence. By the power of his mind. He did that? Someone did. He threw it's a like rock at her head. The end of... The magic rock. Yeah, it's like when he shoots the sniper at the end of uh, Faithful Findings with the power right. of his mind. Well, he did, we, we established that he doesn't shoot the sniper with the power of his mind the magic rock did so it's his personal defense system the magic rock with a mind of its own so maybe the pyrite bounced the signal the video signal off of itself and shot it back like a laser into her face or it could have just been his magic defense system that he established earlier oh so he can like at will expand and just it just kills like it's on its own Okay. It's like, oh, that person's got a camera. Dead. <laughs> he just drove by and shot her. And so these guys have hired him to fuck up, the, like, make it personal. Because he's like, what, what do you want me to do? Do all these awesome things I can do. Also, I'm going to repeat some of them three times in a row. Uh, and they're like, no, we want you to take this down from the inside. You're going to kill their family. And then that'll make the whole system collapse. Yeah. So he goes to this dinner club where these rich people are getting out of their Rolls Royce. And he's like, hey, I just need to borrow this car. I'll have it back in an hour from the valley. (laughs) Well, it starts out with these two people just driving up in a Rolls Royce. And Uh then they get out and they just leave the doors open and walk off. There's not a valet to be seen anywhere. (laughs) Right. Uh, Also, I should note that this lady that walks out with the cans Gets regurgitated as a spy lady. She does, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So he jacks their Rolls Royce. Yeah. Inside the Rolls Royce that he drives away with, uh, he poisons a strawberry by injecting it with something. His bullshit. Yeah, his bullshit. It's probably his blood. Oh, his mercury-laden blood? <laughs> that's not this. the only thing in there. <laughs> uh, he drives to the wedding chapel, or one of the wedding chapels. One chapel. of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and picks up some some dorks. Yep, some real He's like, nerds. These are the marks here. Yeah, these are the these are the most powerful people I can take down, or their kid, or something, right? But they're clearly not people of influence, or the children of people of influence. These are just some dorks. They're just some dorks. There's a couple other dorks there, right? There that's were older true. dorks. Yeah, 
That's true. Uh, but they look kind of trashy. Right. And he's like, oh, you guys just got married? And they're like, yeah, we just met two days ago. And I think that he doesn't know how alcohol or drugs work. He does not. Because... One can of tuna and uh, Miller Lite ain't going to make you pass out face down under a car. True. He seems to think that that these people are in a black cloud of their drug-induced state for two days, and they've been married, and then when they come out of it, they're not even going to remember anything. Yeah. Because he is like, oh, yeah, well, here, have some champagne to celebrate your, your marriage. That's cool, guys. And they're like, glub, 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 and one of them dies. One of them is, and the other one is paralyzed. So there was a second strawberry with others. Or. And this is where it gets weird. Affects different ways in different people? No, no, because he's working it. He's killed the dude because he's like, yeah, that's the guy I'm supposed to kill. She's just paralyzed. And uh-huh. he's like, you don't remember? We got married. He's going to rape the hell out of her. Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden the phone rings. He's like, what do you mean these are the wrong people? Fuck, the marriage is off. See, And then he just like throws her on top of her dead boyfriend that she just met. In the desert. In the desert. And then leaves. She is going to be picked clean by the buzzards in about 36 hours. Yeah. But then... More confusingly, because he is the greatest secret agent ever, even though he just really the first thing he's done in the movie is uh, right now. I'm sorry, but I, I got the wrong one. Got the wrong people. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I know I keep doing that. I'm sorry. I'll get better at it. Also, why are you calling me and giving me orders? I control everything on the planet. Yeah, you can't even get in the bear still in the door. <laughs> God damn it. How did how did we let this guy get all of control of our secret systems? He can't even uh, follow simple orders like <laughs> get the older couple. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's name is Gary. Okay, are you, are you did Gary? Did you kill him? What do you mean? Did you ask if his name was Gary? No. Why? Who did you You're kill? Pretending to be a driver, you can ask for names. Who, do, who did you kill? Yeah, some I, other I people. I, I almost raped this lady, but she got in the way because I had to do some other killing. So I. Really killed her horribly and, and and slowly in the desert. Right. Uh, but then how do more... we know that he didn't go back? Ooh, we don't. We don't. Mm-hmm. She is in the desert. She could be just on the other side of the rocks that he lives by. That's true. Yeah, Buffalo Bill. We can Buffalo maybe he Bob. gets these are like the side thing that he puts them in the green bag with his wife's bones and threesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, here, my wife wants to stick her finger up your butt. Hold on. You know? Yeah, it's bony. And she's like, ah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm in her femur. So I'm into some weird shit. Mint? <laughs> Ooh, they're Andes. Uh, yeah, but we, we haven't even got to the weirdest part yet. After he gets to the wrong people, he goes to find the right people, and they're already dead. <laughs> they're already dead. And he's like, yeah, they knew what was coming, so they committed suicide. <laughs> By shooting themselves in the forehead. <laughs> Perfectly assassination style, and then dying in each other's arms. Like, um, I'm not on CSI here, but uh, I don't think that you've pieced this one together properly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can be sitting on a rock and blow your head off and still be sitting on a rock. <laughs> also, nobody points... A handgun at their forehead. <laughs> like, There's no guns around. Right. There's none. They didn't They didn't do it. Nope, they sure didn't. <laughs> They're not the gunmen. 
then he just wrap, wipes some anthrax on some rando on the strip, like right next to the Bellagio. Like, uh, it's time to fuck up some shit today. That's what you do? You got a rough day. You fuck everything up at work, and so you go and like. Hey, Rando, here's some fucking anthrax. Eat shit and die. <laughs> right. Because he's like, there you go, buddy. I'm uh, like, wow, what a dick move. He's like, oops, sorry. Didn't mean to bump into you. Don't mind all that white powder on your arm now. Because you know the first thing that kid did was sniff his arm. Like, cocaine? Mm-hmm. That's what I would think if somebody bumped into me on the strip. I'd be like, hell yeah, we're going to party tonight, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be wrapping my arm up and be like, all right, let's go. Who he's wants like, to sniff my arm? He's like, that guy's got the blow, yeah. <laughs> and Bree's like, it's anthrax. And he's like, dude, that's so 2002. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> so then he steals a Ferrari Testarossa with his cell phone. I can yeah. hack into anything. Anything electronic with my cell phone. They don't have electronic locks, you dipshit. And he doesn't ever, on any of these computers or phones, push the buttons. He just slams his finger into parts of it. Right. Ugh. And then he just drives it over to pick up a guy who's wearing a fake beard. Oh, like one that you would get from a gumball machine. Right. It's not good. Not good. And then he drives... He, the guy sees some big tits... He's like, hey, and he tranks him with his syringe again. Right, and then drives his tranked body over to the CIA guys, yeah. and they're like, I got him. And they're like, what? Who's this guy? And he pulls his beard off, and they're like, holy shit, you got him. That's the bioterrorist. Sure. What the fuck? But I then they let him that. go. He, he's the only guy that loops back around to the CIA. The first time you see the CIA, they're like, go get the guy. And uh, then yeah. he right here has a guy pulls up to him and they're like, that's the guy. So he ha there's nobody else he could be. And then they have to let him go. Right. Because later he's in the drug or the anthrax. Which deal. is the next scene. He's like, so now we're going to go meet with anthrax dealers in like whatever this place is. Some yeah. burned out fucking junkyard looking place. And. This is where old hookers go to die. <laughs> and it's a bust. They kill the drug dealers very strangely. They have like a stand-up meet and greet before the shootout. Silent. Yeah. <laughs> they like, just stare at each other. They're all covert, and then it just cuts to a shot of the three of them standing all within two feet of each other. Uh-huh. And Neil Breen's like... Oh, no, he dropped it. The anthrax, everybody run. And then the CIA guys just start laying into the drug dealers, filling them full of lead, I guess. Yeah. Okay, here you go, CIA. Here's your anthrax that I am using to kill people on the strip. He's got his own uh, anthrax. This is okay. the He's now got the monopoly on anthrax. He's back in the desert. He climbs up some rocks, then cuts to some rifles. The film cuts to rifles, and then it cuts to him dual wielding yep. his pistols. Mm-hmm. And getting blood on his face. Yeah, he's killing all the people. In the desert? There's no one there, but there was four rifles, which means I thought action. those were his rifles. No. I thought he was gearing up for his attack. What attack? On Las Vegas. He's killing somebody out there. Who? I don't know. You don't see him. Randos. Okay. 
All right, just random walking through the desert, guys. You know, you don't need guns. You've got a force field, you dipshit. Before or after he runs down the hill and can't stop? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it's before. (laughs) Okay, Uh, good. (laughs) And then it cuts to him fucking with his satellites and laptops, preparing for the event, and he goes, I can make an EMP 200 miles in the sky. Or no, how does he put it? I can make an EMP, an electromagnetic blast. (laughs) Oh, acronyms, buddy. An EMB. EMB? You could have said EMB, and then you'd just been wrong. But when you have an EMP, and then you don't quite realize, I guess, that it's an acronym. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. EMP. It's EMP. It stands for electromagnetic blast. Actually, it doesn't stand. It's defined. Whatever. (laughs) I'll just ruin my joke. Then he appears to have a mental breakdown, because he's just thrashing around on the dirt, Going, I can't do it. I love my country. Yeah. I love it. And then runs down the hill screaming like a lunatic. <laughs> and gets to a point where he really can't stop. Like he's picked up too much momentum and has to keep running for about 30 feet. But then just continues to just go afterwards. Just keeps going, yelling like, and screaming. <laughs> well, this is the point where I fell asleep. It's right after EMP, right? Mm-hmm. And then as he's running down the hill, and I'm like, why isn't he stopping? Because I woke up, and I could hear him going, but then he wasn't stopping. And I'm like, why isn't he stopping? He can't stop, apparently, because he's just going to the next downhill slope. Yeah, that was, it seemed like what had happened to him is that he made it, like, right when he was getting slowed down enough, it it got a little bit too steep again. (laughs) Like, the camera guy's like, are we going to have to go get Neil? Somebody's going to have to go get him. He can't stop. (laughs) <laughs> he can't stop running. Uh, it doesn't seem to change his mind, though, this this mental breakdown, because the next scene is him just going, all right, it's time to do my big attack. Uh, and he goes out ways away, and he, after, he has a white vision, and then he uh, digs that thing out of his arm, and he's like, I don't need it anymore. So this is established. Whatever you said about the help me thing, yeah. very late in the film, the two comes into play. Yeah. I don't know if that's what... uh, Yeah, whatever. Only Neil Breen can answer that question. But the CIA knows he's bad now. They've put a gum bug on his shoe. He's got gum on his shoe. It's now a bug as well. He's like, oh, they're on to me. I can't work with them anymore. And so cut to the senator who is with the director of the FBI, the director of the CIA, the director of Homeland Security. Yeah. And what I believe is, is the sky is the airport. It's supposed to be McCarran. Yeah, but they're in the sky. And the senator is like, welcome to Las Vegas. So glad you can make it. You'll be safe here. And there's people clapping. A lot of applause. Like it's a press conference. Canned applause. For people getting off of the airplane. Yeah. Wow. Man, the senator comes and greets you every time you land at Las Vegas. This is an oasis of uh, of pleasure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's what I wanted—a yeah, fucking senator, senator, not just some Hawaiian lady with flowers and no shirt, right? Uh, Does that happen? Hawaii. They wear bikini tops, but it's not really a shirt. No, yeah. yeah. Go to Hawaii. I think get laid. Yeah. We need to go to Hawaii. Mahalo. So that yeah, they're all together, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I was gonna blow them up. I'm not even sure what my attack is supposed to be." But uh, he's like, "I can't do it. Uh, call off the attack." 
but then it appears that it's too late because there's armed gunmen next to a train station. This is the anthrax guy, and he shoots his right-hand man. End scene. And... But then all of Las Vegas is exploding and burning down. They have to evacuate the strip. Right. Which means that he did accomplish his mission. Right. Or at least started to because he was going to close it down for two months. But then he's like, oh, thank God I didn't go through with it. But he did. Because all the people say evacuate the strip. Right. So he doesn't have access to his own information. Well, it was blocked when he put on his fancy denim shirt with all of his war medals. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about the shirt. It's. He's got a purple heart. It's a Canadian tuxedo. Uh huh. It's a sleeveless. It's like, uh, yeah. He's getting down. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's turned a denim shirt, work shirt, into a vest, basically, and then put war medals all over it. Like it's his dress whites, but it's his dress denims. Right. <laughs> the sleeves are ripped off. Suit up. Because he's such a man that he's got to take us all to the gun show one more time. <laughs> right? <sighs> yeah. Mm. Uh, so I I don't know if Las Vegas exists anymore or not, or if like it partially got blown up, and he's like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Oops. It was so. just the McDonald's that that gypped him a dollar. Yeah. And they were know. counting back his change and he's like, fuck those guys. So then he reunites with his fiance and smashes his laptops up with a rock. Sort of. Oh God, <laughs> he can't even smash the laptops. Like he puts it way above his head and he's going to like, he's going to really just smash the shit out of this laptop and then just sort of drops the rock on the laptop. See, and this is why my whole theory about pound town is still relevant. Yeah, because he, he even if he wanted to, he physically cannot. Yeah. He can't smash a laptop with a rock. <laughs> yeah, what makes you think that that's going to be a power horse ride? <laughs> so he's done being whatever, the double agent, secret, mercenary. Is he? Well, he smashes his laptops. Oh, that's true, I guess. That's symbolic of that. But then we have all this whole sequence with his wife and the child and his own child representative. Yeah. Like, bye-bye. So what happens at the end of this movie? Well, one, he was disappointed because that little boy never put on a black tank top. Right. So, I mean, really, he just let himself down in life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So hmm. so, so what, 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 what happens at the end of this movie legitimately? I think he dies. Yeah, I think he dies himself. Yeah, I think one of those scenes was him committing Harry Carey and he by goes, saying goodbye to his own younger where self. Does, do, that's does he he burns out and then what happens after he drives off? Because he does drive off, right? There's just more cutting to him with his wife and this child. I don't know stuff. what happens. I don't. I can't tell you. It's. It's too unclear. Huh. So does he reincarnate his wife with the magic rock? No, I think he keeps finding uh, newlyweds, killing one of them, and then raping the other. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because it does get brought up in the movie that the kid actually still has brain cancer. Right, right. Yeah, the magic rock doesn't do anything. It doesn't yeah. actually do anything. He's fucking crazy. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, there's your movie, guys. I got... I've... 
I, I, let's go with he he kills himself. That's the best way I could. Be, I wrap would that say up. that other than the part where he drives away in the car. Maybe that's him driving to the lake where his parents are at, his, the heaven. Yeah, I he's so full of mercury. I don't know if the anthrax is going to get him anymore. Right, right. It's like a like a his personal shield is just the mercury poison. His own madness <laughs> is preventing him from being killed. Like that, that's what happens to that guy that walks up and dies. Is he's so filled with mercury that it's like flowing out of his yeah. pores and into the air, and anybody that gets in with ten feet just gets instant. Syphilis and dies. Yeah, he's like, Hi. Brain aneurysm. Hey, uh, you mind if I park here? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm so full of mercury, I use my dick for a pencil. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? Oh, I'm dead. Personal <laughs> shield. Yeah. And the dead body's like, I'm not dead all the way. It should have been lead, not mercury, but whatever. <laughs> joke isn't relevant. <laughs> joke doesn't work. Uh. <laughs> uh, all right, who wants to go first? I don't have any questions. I have questions. one question. Mm-hmm. Because of the recurring themes, that we've only seen the two, but there's this like forever love. Do you think he's making these to try to convince his ex-girlfriend from grade school to get back together with him? I wonder. Which ties into my question, so we'll just combine them. Sure. Are we any closer to cracking the brain code? Do we learn by watching this yes. any more about who he is as a person? He obviously we now have two recurring themes. Right. Not going to pound town. Well, no. I guess that that's just half. his physical capability. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this idea of like endless love from youth mm-hmm. and that rocks are magic. Mm-hmm. That the world still has magic in it. I like I like your uh, an initial theory on the girlfriend. And and that's not a bad take, Jackie. Yeah, the there, there is magic, magic in, in the world, yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I th- I think that there's definitely something there about that he's putting himself into the film for sure. And I am in Starship Troopers, and I am clicking the button that says, "Would you like to know more?" Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to get to the other two and possibly three, as you say, uh, so we can finally figure out who this man mm-hmm. is. Uh, the other thing that we learn about him from this film is that he does not buy a new car in eight years. It looks like he shaves his balls. <laughs> <laughs> and his butt. Yeah, he says waxes his ass. Yeah. Uh, so what are we going to call this, guys? Final recommendations. Do. Do, Jackie Whoa, says. she was hesitant. Yeah, I mean, it's just... You have to watch it just for the swimming pool scene. It's too weird not to watch. Yeah, and it's weird, and he's like trying to drive himself off the road while he eats tuna fish. It's just, you just have to watch it just to have that experience. I also think you have to watch it uh, more if you have seen Faithful Findings. You you pretty much got to catch them all at this point. Um, But if you're coming in and fresh on the Neil Breen train and you're starting with Double Down, be ready. Be, uh, uh, it's a mind confused. bender. Yeah. It's a mind bender. You should start with Faithful Findings. Yeah, yeah. But you should also watch this to see if you can come up with a better theory of what it is than mercury poisoning. Yeah. I, I, I am open to fan interpretations of this film, but it has to make round the bases more than mercury poisoning because we could have had a laundry list of questions about what this film is if you hadn't come up with He's laced full of mercury. Yeah. He's batshit. 
Mm-hmm. That's the only way the film works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sam? I think it's a do because the thing that hasn't been brought up yet, I laugh my ass off. Yeah, it is funny. It's still funny. He's so awkward doing his action man business in the desert. Mm-hmm. Watch me climb these rocks. You're like, oh, this is taking forever. <laughs> Neil, you're fragile. You are a fragile man. You are not action guy. <laughs> not action You have guy. got the comedy body, and now we know you've got comedy balls, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked it. On streaming news and notes this week, uh, we've got a follow-up to last week where we talked about uh, Tremors 1 through 4. We got to Tremors 5 on Netflix starring uh, Michael Gross uh, from 2013, I think it was, uh, Tremors 5. Bloodlines. Bloodlines. 14. 15. Yeah. 2015. Oh, and, and Jamie Kennedy as well. Jamie Kennedy. Still has jobs, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, Sam, you wanted to get to this for quite some time. You were pretty jacked up about it. What's your thoughts on Tremor? I jacked myself up too much about it. Yeah. I well, even with the the uh, expectations being too high, mm-hmm. this is a, the least fun Tremors movie that there is. I think. Uh yeah. At the same time, I can't say don't. I mean, okay. it was still a Tremors movie. Uh, what's his name? Gummer. Yeah, Bert, Bert, Bert Gummer, Gummer was yeah. still fun enough that it's like, yeah, it's like a 51, 55% do, but boy, the other ones are more fun. Yeah, okay. Jackie? I don't like this one. Okay. I'm going to say don't. That's it? That's all you got? I am I'm. I mean, Sam pretty much said it. It's, it's not as fun as the other ones. It's not as campy. It's really not bringing anything that I'm like, oh, my God. Eh, pass. I think that this is not a Tremors movie. Ah. That at some point a man in a tie got involved, likely, or somebody just forgot what the Tremors movies were and lost all sense of what these things were, were, why people showed up, why people came. This is just a straight-up horror movie. That's None of them, none of them, not a single one, were horror movies. They were monster movies at most, but yeah. like the, the most monstrous, the the la, two, three, and four are goofball camp movies, like Jackie said. One is secretly a buddy movie, a buddy picture. Yeah, uh, this is just straight up horror. People running around, being scared, uh, getting chased by monsters. There's nothing fun, nothing goofy, nothing silly, nothing clever, nothing shiny about it. Yeah. It's just as if we were watching a fucking sci-fi original. Which I think it was. Ugh. No, I give this a straight up don't. Right. And, unless, obviously, which on my uh, suggestion, you're not going to change your mind. But if you're a serious Tremors fan, you're like, well, I don't care what they say. I'm going to watch them all. You're going to watch them all anyways. But for everybody else, don't. I, yeah. This movie sucked. Bad bad news then. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the same team in full. Yeah. Probably going to be more of that. Yeah. So I'm not looking forward to Tremor 6. Next up on Amazon Prime, delivered to us via Elvira herself. She's got uh, 13 episodes of her shtick uh, showing a movie and making goofball comments about it here and there. Mm-hmm. Sporadic, obviously not as much as the MST3K and the Riftrex guys, but uh, on Amazon Prime, it's called like 13 Nights with Elvira or something. We watched Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death, starring... Shannon Tweed and Adrian Barbeau and Bill Maurer? What? Mm. 
from 1989. Sam, now you had seen this via... I have seen this a long time ago via Up All Night on USA. With uh, Gilbert Gottfried. It was either Gilbert Gottfried or Rhonda, uh, Rhonda Spear. Yeah. That one of the two of them were, were showing it to me. It could have been Billy Bob. He did Up All Night for a while, too. Yeah, that's true. But... I'm thinking it was Gilbert Godfrey gave me uh, the uh, avocado business. Mm-hmm. Amazon or like avocado hell or whatever it is. I, you know, you got to see the boobs, didn't you? Yes. I didn't. Uh, I got to see the boobs that are in this film, and there is uh, very limited boobs in this film. So if okay. you're thinking that this is a titty show, that this is a Jim Wynerski film, it is not. Yeah, well, in the USA version, it's those parts are cut out. That Those parts. Part oh, there's only eh, not that many. Mm-hmm. I still made it all the way through. Yeah, so I'll give it that. Jackie, what did you think? I really liked it. You did? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was huh. funny. There's just people wandering around bushes mostly. Yeah, making making jokes about making lame jokes, really lame jokes. Um, I don't know. I like the hunks at the end. I like how they ate them with avocado or clam dip, depending on which tribe you were part of. Yeah. Uh. And I liked uh, that Elvira inserts, too. I think that that's what made it good enough for me to keep watching it. Okay. Um, I liked her. I, my favorite joke in the whole thing was when she was uh, talking about this captain at the very beginning of the movie who has an eye patch. <laughs> and he's like, it was disastrous. They really got us. And she's like, do you mean that they poked you in the eye with an avocado? <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it, I thought it was funny. I, I really enjoyed it. Some of it was, I thought, uh, uh, fun. Uh, you know, the the concept of it, it, it is a tongue-in-cheek, self-aware movie, obviously. It's making yeah. fun of the genre. Um, but some of it I liked that, the, the, that there's this avocado jungle with cannibal women inside of it just outside of the valley in California and everybody knows about it. And they make some, they make some decent jokes about that. But for the most part, I just, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was like the same level of funny and irreverent as like Kung Fury. Like just no this guys, no stop. I think that they were actor wise left to their own devices to like ad lib and things like that. None of them were really capable of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it. I'm still gonna give it a do, uh, but it, it's it's just right over the top. For yeah, me. I think it might be more fun with the Elvira business. Yeah, I would. But, I would definitely say that. Um, as I said, I made it all the way through, so yeah. I give it that. Right, right, okay. Uh, got just a little bit of uh, listener feedback. We got a new comment on the website from a uh, listener who I believe is a longtime listener, because but this is their first we've ever heard from him. Uh, named C. Just the initial C. I'm going to uh, infer that C stands for Chris Chris Donsonman. Chris Chris Donsonman has sent us an email or a comment on the website. Cat Seavers. Oh, Cat Seavers. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, this is about hackers. Last week's episode. Good episode as always, but a lot of things bugged me about this one. Are you sure that the pH bit in the guide is referring to pH fat? It's basically an accurately accurate description of pH uh, freak, pH freak, spelled with pH. pH, yeah, but it's not after fat, pH, A-T. It's because phone, they did the pH for the phone. Right. Like so he, do. he's just wanting confirmation that that is actually. You were the one the- that said pH fat. I'm saying pH phone. 
You were like, like fat pH? And I was like, I don't know about any of that. I thought you said... It, no, they, because... What did the booklet say? Freak. Oh. And then all of the hacker pHs are like owed to phones, is what it says in the companion guidebook. It's uh, not my own information. Okay, all right, but it's still based off phone. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, really feel like when you're reading these comments, we should have like, feel the pressure. Like some copyright music that we don't have the rights to. That isn't that great to begin with. All right, fine. Uh, It goes on. Cyberdelia is a play on psychedelia, not deals. We thought, I thought that we all heard cyberdelio as in, what's the dealio? I didn't think like deals. I thought like, like Coolio dealio. Right, right. I don't know. Uh, he says, it's not a flea market. There's no commerce at all, barring the quarters going into the arcade machines. But I disagree with that as well. because That's as commerce. They're, as they're going in, there are people outside selling computer parts in cardboard boxes. And mixtapes. Mixtapes. Yeah. And the quarters going into machines still counts as commerce. True. It's a more extreme version of Shredder's Teen Hangout in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Huh. Mm, yeah, I could see where he's drawing that. Okay. Fisher Stevens wasn't trying to get the garbage file back. He wanted to erase the downloaded copy because it was incriminating evidence, which I think we all agreed on during... Sure. Yeah, I mean, we said that during the episode. Uh, so, and I have a point about this. And what's with this Johnny Mnemonic stuff? It's mnemonic. That's an E. A few other podcasts do this too, and it drives me up the wall. I don't know why. I've just always called it Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Sam? Say it. Mnemonic. You say mnemonic? Is it mnemonic? I don't care. Yeah, I don't really care either. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. That That's the way that they say it in the movie, it's right? Like, like, if you actually say it fast enough, it just sounds like mnemonic. Johnny like Mnemonic. An, uh... Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Either way, my my point is about reading this email and uh, defending ourselves, and I'm not offending listener Christopher Christensen. Cat Seavers. Cat Seavers. The movie itself is so bad at communicating what it's trying to say that it Matt Lillard very could have been saying Cyberdelia. and we heard Cyberdelio or it and was- all these other things. That our, made our communication so bad that this listener is also confused by what we had said in our recapping of a confusing movie. Sure. Which makes the film even shittier because you can't even talk about it without confusing somebody. Exactly. <laughs> and there I was... just want to say Cat Stevens. Cat or, Stevens. Oh, Cat's. Cat's. Colt Seavers. <laughs> Colt Seavers. That's actually the fall guy. Uh, I didn't understand half of the shit that they were saying anyway, so I'm just. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs Five up. stars. Emoji. Poop emoji. Uh, That's n- the cute one, right, that everybody uses? The poop emoji. Poop emoji, yeah. And then they put a heart next to it. Why? That's gross. Hard poop. poop. Maybe Neil Breen. He didn't get any uh, scat you know, business. Maybe he will. Oh, There's still two films out there. He so he just like had skips. sex with a dead body, Sam. Okay, that's true. <laughs> and you know what happens after they die? Mm-hmm. The part they don't show you mm-hmm, on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe he cleaned that up. With what? His wiener? Summer's Eve. <laughs> Brings back freshness every time. 
So in final, he says, again, I did like the episode overall. Scattered gripes here and there. Can't ruin an hour and change of people talking about this classic of crap. But you guys are normally so much better about the little details like these that it sticks out when you're off. Regardless, can't wait for more Breen. Uh, Speaking of next week, it's my pick. We're back to me. Mm. Mine. My own. And we're going to do Radical Jack. Oh, shit. (laughs) No. Radical Jack. We should do Radical Jack. Starring Billy Ray Cyrus and Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Radical Jack on Saturday. Why? So that we can drink Jack Daniels and watch it. Because I have to get drunk to watch Billy Ray Cyrus again, that fucking asshole. All right. Well, we might uh, we might shoot for that. That's not a bad plan. We might have a drunk off uh, yeah, on the we podcast. We haven't done one since the, the debacle that was near dark <laughs> where I couldn't remember J.K. Simmons and just kept going, who's the fucking guy? Who's the fucking guy? Uh, I hope that it doesn't turn into a shit show. So uh, come back and see if we don't ruin the podcast next week. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy your week. Oh, it's Oscar night. It's Oscar night. We should kind of mention that. We're recording on Sunday. Tomorrow, when we release, the Oscars have already been out. Everybody will already know it won. Uh, I do want to diss on Jackie one more time this episode. All right. <laughs> because we went and saw The Shape of Water, which is my pick for Best Picture. Sure. It's, it's it's the, uh, what, what is that when you, like, the, the, the darling. No, 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 no. Like, like the lock. It's like you go to the pony track and it's like that horse. Everybody loves that horse. Like you bet on the Patriots to the win favorite. the Super Bowl. The favorite. Yeah, whatever. But it's well, like, the horse track, it's the favorite. It's the darling yeah. in a beauty contest. Or- yeah, but the darling can be like in, in the Oscars. Like, oh, it's so cute, but it's probably not going to win. Uh, it's a fan favorite. All the critics love it. Every every article you read says Shape of Water is going to win. I'm saying Shape of Water is going to win. So, so it's not then, like I'm making a big, bold prediction. But I do want to diss on Jackie because before we saw it, she didn't know what really it was totally about. And she was like, is this a sequel to um, that movie we did for the podcast? And I'm like, huh? No? What movie are you talking like?" Lady in the Water, I think it was called. Oh, my God. No! <laughs> It was a sequel. <laughs> and they did it's like M. Night Shyamalan brought the narfs back. <laughs> right. And he got it right this time. And, and God Gilmoder told him direct it instead yeah. of him because he sucks He's at like, it. Uh, Guillermo, take the narfs. Take the narfs and fly through the water. You let me do the talking. <laughs> See, and I think that the best picture is going to be Call Me By Your Name. It's or Call Me seri- By My Name. It is serious because you can't even get the title right. Oh. It was so not going to win. But uh, I love that movie. It doesn't matter if you loved it. If you're making prediction about what's going to win, it doesn't mean you love it. I'm going to make that prediction. Uh, anyways, so enjoy the Oscars tonight or yesterday, as it were. Uh, enjoy them in the time yeah. machine of the past. Uh, go see Shape of Water for sure. Uh, also, Darkest Hour and The Post were my favorite. So... Well, then I want to say my three favorites. Okay, go ahead. Call me by my name. Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Call me by my name. <laughs> Call me by my name. Okay, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Call me by, by my name. Oh, my, oh my God. God damn it. I also like the Phantom Thread um, and the Darkest Hour. Those were my top three. There you go. I liked Geostorm. Yep, Geostorm wins. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.